0: through the 19th. Tickets start at just $20 and are available now at Soonersports.com slash tickets. Teddy Lehman. I thought this was just one of the more fascinating things I've ever seen. And Tyler McComas. That to me is just, that's unbelievable. Telling it like it is, whether it's what you want to hear or not. In Joe C's
1: legacy, when it's all said and done for him, where does getting OU to the premier conference in all of college football, where does that rank in terms of the biggest things that he's done here?
0: As we look at it right now, it looks great. Revenue, excitement from the fan base. But the risk is competitively, you're not ready. You make the switch and you go eight and four because people are waiting. To point the finger at Oklahoma and say, you got away with being in an easy conference. Now you're in with the big dogs. You're just another team. But if you stand toe-to-toe with the big boys and prove that you belong, get ready for the rocket ship. Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. The Rush. Weekdays from 3 to 6 on the home of Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Looking for a local pharmacy you can trust with your family's health needs? Dave's Health Mart, a locally owned, independent pharmacy, is taking new patients. Dave's fills new and existing prescriptions, offers free delivery, drive through services, medication consultations, compound, and blood pressure screenings, competitive pricing and quality products combined with expert advice and personalized service. Dave's Health Mart at 329 North Porter. Call
1: 405-360-8882. Caring for you and about you. Preparation makes all the difference on the playing field and in life. At McFarland Methodist Church, we believe that a strong faith is a great preparation for the ups and downs of life, and we have lots of ways to practice and strengthen our faith. Come be a part of a midweek Bible study or community service event, or join us for traditional or modern worship on Sunday morning. You're always welcome at McFarland, where we're changing lives that change the world. Learn more on our website at McFarlandUMC.org or call us at 321-3484.
0: Hit the guys up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Or sound off on the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Now, live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's the T-Row in the Morning Show with Toby Rowland and TJ Perry.
1: I'm a light. I'm a beacon of light. Good morning.
2: Oh, good to see everybody. Hour two, Thursday, Feb 23. Downhill slide to the weekend. Now nah, we did it. We crested the butte of the week. We made it past Wednesday. I'm headed to Iowa this weekend. 11 a.m. tip on Saturday for the uh, Sooner men. Rudy's tonight. Um, Ryan Hibble going to be one of the guests tonight. Teach talk a little golf tonight. Uh, Ryan Hibble, Lou Roselli in hour one. So that's golf and wrestling. Wrestling, and then Porter and Jenny in hour two. Come on out, have some brisket, perhaps some turkey, perhaps some stew, maybe some ribs. You can make a sandwich. A lot of people like the cream corner, the potato salad. Options aplenty.
1: You can get more than one rib at Rudy's for twenty six dollars.
2: Yes, right. Yes. So come on out, enjoy the show tonight. If you can't make it out, ESPN Plus will have it for you. And, uh, sooner radio, did you watch on plus last night or listen to the game?
1: Well, I was watching on plus, so I listened to the
2: game. Right. How was it? I know, I know it wasn't a full TV broadcast, but was it followable?
1: Yes, it was. Uh, towards the end, it started digitizing on me. Mm. Um, and I don't know if that was me or if that was everyone that was happening. And so it would, then the, the screen would go just completely red. Which would be a good sign if, like, OU was doing something big at the time, but the screen would go red and it would digitize. But otherwise, it was fine. I thought there was a couple of times the camera was late getting to plays at first base, but overall, it was it w- it worked. It was good.
2: This is a little bit hard to explain, but I'll try because I did see somebody on Twitter last night saying, "Why aren't they showing replays on ESPN Plus?" Yeah, yeah. Um, so. There is a difference between a full television broadcast and just kind of st- streaming, basically, is what uh, what was done last night. A full television broadcast requires a truck, producer, director, all the cameras, you know, all the kind of stuff, and we will do those for lots and lots and lots of OU baseball and softball games this year uh what they did last night which is really all they could do considering the short turnaround and and it was a road game and we don't we don't ever not that I've remember ever done a full road production we don't have those capabilities at OU we don't own a satellite truck or a truck that can you know a production truck like you see ESPN roll up in where they've got all their People sitting out there in the truck, you know, and, and uh, they've got all the the ability to uh, run graphics and everything you have to do out of a semi-trailer. Um, we have a studio in Norman. That's why the home games are all w- w- what we do. So that game was not put up by the Rangers. It was not put up by Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian was the home team, so they had the right to televise that game. They passed on it. And so Oklahoma said, well, we'll go down there and and do what we did last year. So Jacob Potter, in about, well, less than 48 hours, kind of uh, rounded up the crew and made it happen that the streaming of last night's broadcast could get on the air, which means basically they took cameras and plugged it in and were able to kind of back here move between those cameras a little bit. But that's it. It was not a full production. Uh, just kind of were able to take the cameras and feed it on ESPN plus and marry it to the uh, radio broadcast. It, it was a huge effort to get that done. and uh, uh, Jared Thomas and Luke Booker and Peyton Gore and Michael Meek and Madison Plummer and Carly Murray, Theron Smith and Michael Buchanan and Richard Martis, of course Jacob. All those guys. Whoa. uh was that put over in your head of, or you have a list there? No, I, he sent me a list. Okay, last night. I was like, well, that was amazing. <laughs> All those guys and gals went above and beyond to make that happen last night. Um, so that was cool. I just wondered how it looked. I, I, a couple of times, dialed it up on my phone during a commercial break just to see if it was working or not. And it looked like it was. Yeah, so. no, it,
1: it was fine. Yeah.
2: Um, that's uh, good to see. And that's what we do at home for these first couple of weekends, really until basketball's over. So many resources stretch so thin that really kind of once basketball ends, that's when the full broadcast, you know, George Frazier comes down and do TV broadcasts for softball and all those kind of things. What we're doing is not, what Sooner Vision is doing there, streaming the broadcast to, to you is not at all connected to the replay system inside globe Life field in fact they don't really have all they've got is what's the, the screen the cameras that are used in the stadium to put things on the big screen is really all that the umpires have and i'm guessing that we had four or five reviews last night i'm guessing and they were all long and i'm assuming that part of the reason is because they didn't really have very many cameras to look at. Like, they were trying to find a camera that would show them that play at first base to see if they got it right or not, and is a little tricky because there's not, not much to choose from there. So, um, anyway, I, I don't know if I did a very good job explaining that or not, but way to go, all those guys that made that happen. I no, wish they could have won the game.
1: You did, and we can spin it off into this because I saw it pop up on the text line a second ago, and they wanted us to ask Joe, but we don't need to ask Joe this because we can answer it. Um, and we've gotten this a lot, and I don't know where the miscommunication happened with the fan base, And but they are asking again, like, hey, I thought every softball game was going to be on ESPN+. Plus. And I, I think people thought, like, I don't know, it spun into every game when it's every home game will be. So uh, the rights
2: for a college game are owned by the home team the television rights are owned well by the home team or whoever they are contracted with, so ESPN Plus for OU. If you're on the road, that game will be televised by whoever and however that team decides to televise it. In many, many cases, that will also be ESPN Plus. Sure. Big yeah. 12 teams are also all a part of the ESPN Plus family, In the future, SEC teams are all a part of the SEC Plus family. But it is not always the case for non-conference games and especially these early season tournaments. So when you go to Palm Springs or uh, Frisco here for baseball in a week and a half, some of these early season tournaments are bought up. the The TV rights are bought up by Flow Sports or... D1 Baseball is broadcasting some of these baseball games now on their website. They're going to do the, I believe they're doing the Frisco Classic. You got to, if you want to watch it, you got to watch it on D1Baseball.com, I think. So whoever buys the TV rights or or the home team it's the broadcast. So the OU ESPN Plus contract covers OU home games. We own the rights to all of our home games and can put them on ESPN+, Plus, and will put all of them, softball, baseball, on ESPN+. Plus. That's what made last night different. We didn't own that game. Abilene Christian, the home team, the Rangers didn't put it up. Nobody was broadcasting it, so our guys raced down I-35 and, and threw it up for everybody to be able to watch. Um, but that's how that works. It, it, there is just a understanding of how it Works that everybody needs to happen. It is not the ESPN Plus contract does not cover all OU games anywhere. It is OU home games.
1: Yeah, and like you mentioned, proximity helped with last night. Had that game been some neutral site off in the West Coast or something, it wouldn't have happened. So, absolutely, yeah, yeah. Anything else? Oh, oh, we've been asked to get read text messages. I've been asked to give a shout out this morning at this time. Okay. Gibson and McKenna and a carload of girls are in the car heading to school, and they wanted a shout out. So, shout out to Gib and McKenna and the uh, rest of the girls in the car on their way to school, and the rest of you on the way to school. Have a great day.
2: Shout out to everybody on their way to school <laughs> That's today. Right. All right. How old are these young ladies? Uh, seventh grade and
1: sixth grade, I believe.
2: I see what's going on. I see what's going. Gibbs on. Gibbs
1: working the uh, the car. Are we
2: flirting on behalf of Bronx right
1: now? Is that what we're doing? This is not uh, Bronx knows a, a, a couple Bronx of these, but they are not. They are not. His dad his... has a radio show. No, no, no. Uh, these are kids that know uh, Bronx's dad that are uh-huh. flexing. So yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. Um, Different how about
2: I know they didn't win the game, but pretty
1: cool night for the Carmichaels last night, huh? That was cool. Uh, very cool. Yeah, when you uh, yeah, that got to be just a incredible moment for a parent like that to uh, you know, see one they pitch into the too. other. Yeah, they did. They did. So Bra- see one Bra- throw, Bra- throw into the other. I was shocked when you said it had never happened before. Like I'm, I guess the age gap is enough there that they wouldn't have like one wouldn't have uh, you know, Easton wouldn't have played up to the level um, of Braden. But that that was cool.
2: Well. When Braden was a senior in high school, Easton was in eighth
1: grade. Yeah, yeah. So that was just that enough of that separation. So, yeah, and
2: too far apart to ever be on any travel ball teams or anything like that. It, the only way it could happen is for Braden to stick around for a fifth year, which he's done. He's a redshirt senior. Um, yeah. So first time ever in a game, and and they did well. Braden pitched well. Easton got an RBI last night. Boy, he's good defensively, Teach. He's he's really good defensively for as young as he is. For anybody, don't forget age. He's been smooth back there. There was a ball last night. Uh, uh, I think it was one of the Gray Thomas pitches. Maybe not, but it was a right-handed batter, and it was a right-handed pitcher, and he threw it way outside beyond the left-hand batter's box. And Carmichael slid over and got in front of it. I mean, he had to go seven feet, eight feet over to get in front of that ball.
1: He's good. It was impressive. It was very impressive. I don't know how he even got to it. So, Um, I was about to say when we were saying that, yeah, uh, plays like that, there's a chance they'll also uh, perhaps play together again at another level, you know, maybe a major league level. So, Uh, Now, that was an impressive, impressive uh, stop there.
2: Mm -hmm. Fifteen pitchers now in five games for OU. Uh, Carmichael and Gray Thomas had not pitched until last night. Gray Thomas, you talk about a dead-on scout on someone. The uh, skip had been saying he's the he's got the most electric stuff of anybody in our pitching staff, maybe the most uh draftable arm we've got. But right now, you're not always a hundred percent sure of the control. So I couldn't believe he brought him in when he did last night with that scout. Two on, one out, ninth inning, tie game. Here comes Gray Thomas for his first appearance. And I'm like, oh man. And he was awesome. Got the next two guys, got him to extra innings. Had he has a curveball with massive break on it. And about a mid nineties fastball, which I'm not I'm not sure he threw a fastball last night. But he got the two guys. Then they trot him back out there for the 10th because that went so well. And he walked the first guy in the 10th on four pitches and never (laughs) came close to the strike. Right. So I was like, well, that was a dead-on scout. But he's a really good arm. They're going to have to, you know, and and this is what Skip does. You're going to have to wrangle him in a little bit. But 15 pitchers in five games, and we will see at least a 16th in uh jamie, jamie hit yeah this weekend mm-hmm. who i'm told will likely pitch in relief this weekend just to kind of gradually working back i mean he's the plan is for him to be a starter but um just to you know get him an inning or two or whatever just to kind of gradually working back in but he is expected to pitch this weekend but Been a lot of arms, a lot of arms that they've looked at.
1: Put put them all in there, figure out where they fit, figure out who's going to be a mainstay, and then then you roll forward. Two and three,
2: concern, not concern, this is just the way it's going to be for a while early
1: in the season, or reason for alarm? I don't like it. Obviously, I don't think they should be two and three, uh, but I'm not panicked yet. Um, baseball just kind of goes like that sometimes until you can get things going, and especially when you're working in a lot of new pieces that you're working in and guys are kind of learning one another and kind of figuring some things out. So you get past this weekend and you don't flip it around and, and some things look pretty good this weekend, I'll probably answer that differently on Monday. TJ a- saying, Abilene Christian should have been a game you win, though. So I didn't TJ like
2: saying, it. That's the way baseball go. That's how baseball go. Uh, Ryder is 3-1. and one. So, I don't know how good they are. I'm just telling you. They went to Gardner-Webb and won 3-4 on their opening weekend. So, the Bronx coming to town this weekend. Is Bronx going to cheer for the Bronx? Maybe he might talk be to conflicted. He might be conflicted. I don't know. I'll have to ask him about this. 719. We'll be back.
0: This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network.
1: Riverwind Casino brings you the T-Row in the morning show each and every day. OKC's number one gaming destination. Riverwind Casino simply the best. The one for entertainment, the one for games, the one for fun. You can stay at the uh, Riverwind Hotel. Head out and have the uh, buffet on Friday nights for steak night. Seafood night on Saturday night. Go for Sunday brunch. Chips and ales there. I love a good brunch. Kobe loves brunch, regardless of where it's at. So Riverwind Casino. Yeah, thank pretty you to much. Them. During that break, I just saw CD Lamb's um, finished and or added to back tattoo. Holy cow! What's he got? It's like a tribute to Kobe, and there's a gladiator on there. It's the entire back. Here, I'll, let me take a, a screenshot going on. here. Um,
2: I'm not really interested in seeing another man's back. You can just kind of tell me about it.
1: No, I want you to. I want you to All see right. it here. Um what is your name? Toby Rowland. There you go. With the W. Don't forget the
2: W. A lot of people forget the W You see I got three credentials for last night. I
1: just I just see that. That was pretty funny. A couple of VIPs too. Did you go see what the VIP was correctly? Yeah, did you go see what the VIP was for? No. I bet it was a room full of wild peckers.
2: Any of them. I I got up to the booth without uh, a credential, and then Ryan Gaines said, Hey, I got three credentials for you. So <laughs> holy cow, that's a lot of ink right there.
1: Uh reminder to everyone, uh stay in the car if you're headed to work. Um hop on your app, your KREF app, whatever it may be. Joe C coming up next segment. So Yeah, we He's gotta, got a lot of gotta, to answer for, Joe. You've got a lot of questions to answer here. His legacy's on
2: the line. I was talking to him last night about it. We gotta ask because Teddy and Tyler say his <laughs> legacy is on the line. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's like I've been for 25 years. I've been doing this, and my legacy all of a sudden's on the line. So we'll ask him about. It. He's got to be nervous, He's don't got, you think? I would be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I right, give me like one text, and then we got to get right to break because I want to give him full
1: time. Guys, I could not care less about leaving the Cotton Bowl and Texas State Fair behind. It's always been just another fair to me. Got to let it go. We are about to enter into another era of championship Oklahoma football. Let's go! So this person doesn't a even care about the kickoff. He wants to leave the fair altogether. Yeah, I, I strongly agree with or disagree with that. It,
2: playing that game in that in that setting is one of the cool things in all of American sports. So strong disagreement. Alright, one more. That was quick, so let's do one more. I did get a uh I, I posted that tweet last night about uh, the Carmichael brothers, and one guy replied to it, said that's stupid. They should have named Braden Weston that would have been a lot cooler <laughs> west to <into West>. east
1: <laughs> that's true uh, there you go uh toby with all the traveling you do for ou athletics have you ever put pen to paper and figured out how many miles you travel in a year no i mean i could tell you how many i drive but
2: i have to i have to give that to the tax man but um how many i fly and everything i have not i have not all right we need a break Uh, Joe Castiglione joins us live
0: next For two segments, we'll be back The Ref Radio Sports Network Is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters At Brown O'Haver Fire, wind, theft, or tornado We can help Call 405-735-5510 This is odd
2: and a little unsettling To be talking to Joe Castiglione At this time of day Without breakfast in front of me. But we'll try to power through anyway. No as breakfast joined... casserole still? No. I, got, I finished it yesterday. It's all gone. <laughs> okay.
3: Good morning, boss. Good morning. Yeah, I feel a little bit uh, uh, flummoxed here uh, that I'm not in a diner.
2: Well, I hope you're able to overcome that because uh, your legacy might be on the line here, Joe. So we want to make sure you nail this interview.
3: Apparently, uh, that's the rumor going around. At least somebody's promoting that.
2: <laughs> well, good luck to you. This is a big 30 minutes for you. We appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, I got a, a couple of questions about the SEC, and then we'll move on to some other stuff. Um, that We know an official time now, 2024, July of 2024, the move will be made. I don't know how much you could tell us about the process to get to that decision, but what intrigues me most now is going forward. You've got little less than a year and a half now until that point. So what's the process like for you? What has to happen for the athletic department? The move between conferences here behind the scenes, what all has to take place?
3: Well, something that we're obviously uh, accelerating planning that was already underway. And we've had uh, both uh, internal groups looking at everything from uh, scheduling to travel to facility comparisons, staffing comparisons, uh, traditions. uh, Things we'd have to switch over, like all the graphics that we have throughout various facilities that have uh, certain logos and so on. And it's a pretty wide-ranging a group, uh, I said, say, a wide-ranging group of topics that our uh, our staff and subcommittees have been um, studying and, and comparing and analyzing over the last, well, let's say, year plus. And so uh, there are certain things that we're um, obviously will be very ready for and some that we'll uh, use this next year to uh, accelerate. But uh, we also have to keep... A, focus on we're playing in the Big 12 and we're not going to get ahead of ourselves in the wrong way. And so we have to respect the conference we're in, the quality of the opponents that we're going to face. Uh, We have some new places we're going to travel. And at the end of it all, you know, we want to put our student athletes and our coaches and everybody in a position to be as successful as possible, including winning Big 12 championships, so it's a um, you know it's a, a, a very disciplined, organized, thoughtful process. But uh, we'll balance the both of them and be ready when the time comes.
2: How complicated was the process of arriving at July 2024?
3: Very, because it involved six different parties. Obviously, Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, the Big 12, the SEC and uh as we said from the moment the uh announcement developed that we were going to stay and honor all of our contracts that uh, we were going to be good to you know that that process that we promised when we became party to those contracts so we were uh in the process of doing that but also Toby you know the world around us, the uh, college athletics ecosystem, if you will, uh, has been changing in dramatic ways uh, and continues to change. And, you know, we thought that there very well might be uh, a reason developed that uh, the conference might uh, have its own goals and objectives that they may want to have a conversation. And so that's how it got initiated. And, uh, you know, the other two parties that were involved are those that we have contracts with, and those are the major TV networks of ESPN and Fox. So we try to work through a uh, multi-layer, multi-party, sort of uh, a uh, break-the-mold kind of process, because we we were, unlike a lot of other schools, we were staying through our contracts instead of trying to get out immediately. Um it just took took a lot of effort by a lot of people. And I think that uh, that's really the testament to how you get something like that done. Everybody working together, our administration, President Harris, uh, a lot of folks, you know, at the Big 12, including Commissioner Yormark, um, uh, President Hartzell and Chris Del at uh, the University of Texas, and of course, the leaders of uh, ESPN and Fox. So everybody worked together to a thread those needles that had to be addressed to make it palatable for all, and I think it's a fair resolution for all.
2: I've been saying, and I just want to make sure I'm right, so I'm, I'm going to ask you to make sure here, but the scheduling in that conference is going to be complicated. Well, scheduling next year is complicated with the 14 teams in the Big 12, but you guys, you OU and Texas, have been involved right in the future SEC scheduling as far as how we're going to do football and basketball and baseball and softball, all of that that has to be figured out, you've had a voice in those conversations, correct?
3: Yes, that is correct. The SEC has invited us to a few meetings where the the bulk of the agenda has been all those elements that required forward thinking, pre-planning, analysis, and it's, uh, it's been a very, very um, interesting process. There's a lot of uh, analytics and study and uh, surveying and you know, really understanding the landscape that we face currently. Uh, obviously, these talks started before uh, we knew about the college football playoff. Uh, now that's arrived, you know, there's... Um, thought around that, and then uh, other other options that might um, change scheduling like whether the conference continues to play eight conference games or whether they move to nine uh, then the development of uh, how you how you determine permanent opponents if you will certainly natural rivalries uh, define what permanent opponents may be so it's 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 really a fascinating type of process and uh you know it's different from um in some ways anyway but uh, different from one sport to the other because you're trying to make schedules that um build you know build each member of the conference which strengthen the conference in total and the big 12 going through something very similar we've been involved in those conversations as well toby yeah. because of the addition of four teams starting this fall
2: got any hunch on where the sec is going to land on how the football schedule is going to work or rather not go down that road uh
3: you know i I think there's um a lot of conversation around moving to a ninth conference game but you know this is a you know very tedious and, and uh important process so i i don't want to speculate as to where it's going to land it'll it'll land where it's supposed to land to Strengthen all the members' teams as best they can and give the, uh, the membership the best chance to have great seasons and pursue a spot in the um, college football playoffs.
2: Fan base is excited um, about that, about uh, next year and everything. And I know we got an, uh, was it next week? So March 1st, that uh, season ticket and Sooner Club renewal deadlines is? I believe that's right.
3: <clears throat> yes, it is. Uh, March 1st. We actually moved it up a little bit this year because we're trying to listen to fans of their interest requests. Um, there are some that, uh, you know, forever they, they understood that the renewals went out and the deadline was uh, April 15th, which is the same day as taxes are due. <laughs> you know, every school did it this way. Why that ever developed? I can't tell you. But we've tried to be, um, you know, thoughtful and listening to our fans, and giving them more time to uh, uh, pay for their season tickets over a period of time, as, as opposed to all at once. Um, I think that's really been a um, an important component for us to maintain such a um, high renewal rate in our season tickets and uh, continue to add to those historical sellouts that we have going on at Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. So uh, we, we wanted to do that. Uh, it's also uh, a time where our Sooner Club renewals are going on. Uh, so it's a, a dual process. And, you know, Toby, you've heard us talk about this a lot, you know, that we're trying to find new and, and uh, innovative ways to improve the fan experience best yeah. as we can. Um and some of that is, uh, you know, keeping our tickets affordable because we, we love the fans that come and pack the stadium every game. Um, we, we had a slight less than a dollar per ticket increase on our uh, overall season tickets, and that's the first time we've had any increase. And, again, it's very minimal in uh, five years. Um, but we also started a new season ticket price, which is lower uh, about a hundred dollars lower than um, than the overall season ticket price we've been offering uh, for a long, long time. So there are four hundred dollar season tickets available in certain areas of the stadium now, instead of having to purchase, you know, every ticket at five hundred dollars. So you know, we're trying to you know respond to keeping people in the stadium, understanding what's going on in our world, and uh, stay connected to our fans. And of course, when you buy season tickets, you know you get the first shot at uh, spring game tickets. And I don't have to think back in our memory too far to remember what a scene that was yeah. last year. You know, TJ didn't think we should open the upper deck, but we no, went again. But TJ's his sources said you weren't going to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I've told him he needs to get better sources. That's but, right. Yeah, maybe right. once in a while. I thought that's you that told road, me that, Joe.
1: <laughs> No. I thought you were my source.
3: What's going on? No. <laughs> so anyway, it's uh, you know those kind of things are, are really happening and happening uh, for our fans, and really exciting about it.
2: Yeah, I, I'm sure we got a lot of details to come about spring game. We know it's going to be April 22nd, but it's going to be another big day, isn't it?
3: Huge. Uh, I think everybody uh, surprised themselves last year because they got there and realized. This is awesome and having such a great time. And we had uh, more former players come back than ever before. And I've heard from so many of them since either during that weekend or since, you know, that they had a great time. So we expect another um, big turnout. And, uh, of course, um, we're we're planning to unveil Kyler Murray's uh, Heisman statue. So there'll be a lot going on.
2: Oh Wow, okay, there you go. Uh, We get to see another statue at the spring game this year. Okay, let's take a breath here, Joe. Quick break. You've been kind enough to agree to stay with us for a couple of segments. I want to ask you about uh, the 230 OU Texas story with Chris Del Conte when we come back uh, and a couple of other things. Joe Castiglione is with us on this Thursday morning.
0: We'll be back. The REF Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405 735
2: 5510. Visiting with Sooner Athletic Director Joe Castiglione. All right. Oh, Joe, one of the stories of the week has been Chris Del Conte said that OU and Texas were pushing. For a permanent two thirty time slot for the Red River Rivalry, when they join the SEC, anything you can say about that and, and your preference going forward?
3: Well, Toby, you know that's a very tough thing for me to do, given my love for eleven o'clock kickoffs. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's a, he's joking, everyone. He's joking. <laughs>
3: yeah. No, uh, uh, it was a great question, and. I've been here, if I've heard it once, I've heard it thousands and thousands of times, uh, how much our fans love the uh, Red River game at 2.30. And that's what they got used to for decades. Uh, we didn't have as many tele... ...on in a 2.30, 3.30 window for the most part. And so that's what everybody loved. Uh, obviously... Gives them a chance to, you know, make more of a weekend out of it, um, and uh, we think that would be a great, you know, a great uh, time slot. That being said, I don't know that it will stay in that time slot permanently. I, I uh, you know, I'm still learning more and more about the new television agreements inside the FCC, and uh, with ESPN as their full partner, there's they're going to be you know, a number of exciting things develop. Now, the one thing that we have said forever is that we won't move that game to prime time in the evening. That's just not going to happen. And there's just uh, too much going on around the state fair to play that game at night. And so uh, it has to be either 11 or 2.30. But uh, I do agree that the 2.30 would be the ideal time, you know, depending on how things work out.
2: Have you received any indication from the SEC that, that they're in agreement? And I know that the TV network's going to have a big say here, but does it sound like the SEC's going to try to help you make that happen?
3: They're open to it because of the time slot that they now have on a national basis. Uh, uh, currently, you know, through the final year of the contract, uh, their um, national game of the week is at, Three thirty Eastern, two thirty Central. That's on CBS. So that that will transition over to ESPN. So you know, there's a likelihood that game will be featured in that slot uh, most years. But again, I want to I, I want to be careful uh, leading anybody on. There hasn't been any direct promise uh, or guarantee. The schedule hasn't even been set yet. <laughs> so uh, I don't think anybody wants to. Uh, put themselves in a a position that they can't be flexible. So we'll see how that goes. But we certainly uh, have been asked which time slot we prefer, and our preference has been 2.30. So we'll see how it goes.
2: Okay, let's talk money, Joe, which, by the way, is the way a lot of Joe and I's conversations begin. Let's talk money, Joe. Um, Yeah, You're trying to do a bunch of stuff, from renovations to Owen Field to improving the baseball stadium, you're, you're broken ground on the softball stadium. Everything takes money, and uh, costs have skyrocketed here in the last few years. The lead-on campaign, uh, capital campaign that the university has, I think it's a $2 billion capital campaign. Athletics is a big part of that, right? And where do you stand on kind of everything going on right now?
3: You... Uh- you left out uh, scholarships and NIL. Yeah, so okay, that's right. A couple more yeah. things that um, we're needing to uh, generate, you know, revenue. Um, but, yeah, the uh, the capital campaign is, is really something special for this university. I continue to say, you know, with uh, the leadership of uh, Joe Harris and, and our uh, university administration team and the Board of Regents, all working so well together, having this uh, really vibrant, uh, big-picture, forward-thinking strategic plan of what we believe the university should be in the years to come to serve uh, this state, this region, and the country, both in higher education, but uh, how we impact the daily life of citizens. Um, it's going to take you know, a lot of funding to make that happen. But the the return on investment is enormous. And we think of it the same way in college athletics. Um, Let's face it, there are many, many choices, more than ever before. And the world is moving more quickly than ever before that uh, go through um, in front of prospective athletes, places where they – want to go, and they go from one campus to the next, to the next, to the next, and they compare everything, and the quality of the experience, the resources that they have, uh, the quality of the coaching staff, uh, opportunities now in the NIL space, and facilities are a big part of that. So we have to be very bold um, in our thinking of keeping our facilities state-of-the-art, so that's why we're moving so aggressively with a a facility plan some of these were in the queue before the pandemic hit and obviously that was a and still is in many ways a um, massive economic impact on our ability to get certain things done I mean geez inflation alone is nearly double the cost of everything we're doing and that's that's tough um yeah you know, the the softball stadium is a good example, but we haven't changed anything since the design was finalized, and the costs have just skyrocketed. but uh, we're we're making it happen, and uh, we we couldn't make it happen without the uh, support of our donor base. So that's why we're constantly out there trying to seek help and find ways to generate revenue. Right? I know people always go back to why we always do things that seems to center, you know, around money it's because we are self-sustaining we don't have any support from anywhere else the state we don't get tax help state appropriations we don't get institutional subsidies we don't have student fees for athletics we're rare in that case and so we're able to um, to have our athletic program we have to pay for it ourselves so that's why um, why we do the things we do we try to keep things you know within the right perspective but Oklahoma's built for excellence, and that's our goal, and that's how we're going to continue to pursue uh, everything we can and make it a great place to be.
2: Okay, we got about 90 seconds, so three quick hitters here. Any timeline on baseball stadium?
3: Not specifically. We're having some success in fundraising. Uh, i said before that simultaneously we're moving through the design process, so when we raise the necessary money to – Build it. We'll have you know have that plan ready, and uh, you know it's going to be in the very near future. I don't want to sound like it's not something that we're pursuing aggressively, but we need to continue to raise money for it and make that happen.
2: We had a listener ask: Any pressure to add seating to Owen Field with all the one hundred thousand seat stadiums they've got in the SEC?
3: Absolutely not. I think people need to we need to, in another segment, Toby, educate people to where stadium capacities are going. They are not getting bigger. Yeah.
2: Finally, do you feel better about where you are in the NIL space now than maybe a few months ago?
3: Definitely, we have a lot of, um, really a lot of good data that's coming to us, seeing how uh, how successful our athletes are being. Uh, where. We're trying to support them in every possible way of educating them from financial literacy to tax help to how they build their brand, how they connect with businesses. And the data shows that they're, they're really finding special opportunities. Um, and it's been equal, uh, men and women. So that's been exciting. But as you know, this thing has to grow, and we need to continue to generate help and support the collective and other things that we can do. Uh, in a permissible way to uh, put our athletes at the top.
2: You're the best, Joe. Thank you.
3: Thank you very much, Toby. Talk soon. Bye, TJ.
2: See you, Joe. Top of the hour break. Back after this.